Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Welcome back to Trades Work, where we highlight the issues important to the skilled trades our society depends on and always seek to put Colorado first. One of the things that sets Colorado apart in our world is our world-class airport. And on this episode, we welcome Stacy Stegman, Senior Vice President of Communications, Marketing, and Customer Service at Denver International Airport. Stacy, welcome to Trades Work. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I've bumped into you over the years, uh, you know, and I've known you really in two roles in the last two decades uh, of your professional life. One for the Colorado Department of Transportation, and secondly at DIA or DEN, as we like to call it, our world class airport. So tell me what drove you to be so deeply connected with moving people? Because you've done that pretty much all your career. Yeah, I sure have. That's a good question. One, I'm a transportation junkie. So once I think you get that bug, you are in it for the rest of your life. And so I have, what, automobiles now, planes, uh, no trains yet, but the other two are certainly still fascinating and enjoyable. Well, there is a train at DIA. I just got off it last night. That is true. So technically, that's part of your repertoire. That, it, Yeah, it is, okay. especially the one that runs between the terminal and the concourses. Uh-huh. That's the one I'm most worried about. But. Yep. It's uh, good for them to have you and all of your expertise. Uh, I think you may have the longest title of anybody we've ever interviewed on this show. Yeah, it's a mouthful. So if you can come up with something better that encompasses all of the creative and fun things that we do at the airport, I look forward to it. Okay. It has to have queen somewhere in it. <laughs> all right. So your title uh, and, and just uh, one of my next questions for you is it, it involves communications, marketing, and customer experience. Uh, that's an awful lot underneath your purview. So tell me, what is a day in the life of Stacy Stegman look like? Well, it's unpredictable, which is the first thing which makes life exciting. But fine. If you look at the airport that moves, you know, almost 70 million people a year, there's a lot of people and things that happen every day. So from the communication standpoint, you're always challenged with making sure our employees, our passengers, everyone knows what's going on, especially if there's an incident and something that's an emergency and something that you want to get out in an urgent manner to someone. The marketing side is different. You know, the airport isn't really necessarily marketing to you to come use the airport because, let's face it, you don't really have a choice. So, you know, for us, it's more trying to get you to come early, spend your money on food, buy products, park on site. Don't park at those off-site lots. Come in and park with us. So those types of things because that revenue is what – goes back into making the airport amazing. And so that's the marketing side. And then the customer experience side really is what do you go through from the second you get on Pena Boulevard till you get on your plane? And what are those points along the way that are frustrating, that are great, that we can fix and make better for you? I say that loosely because, you know, there's all these different agencies that operate out there and so many different businesses. And so it's not like the airport has control and can go to TSA and say, gosh, we really need you to not have lines or screen people different because we don't have any um, purview over those types of things. But really trying to work with all of those partners to make sure that your experience when you go through the airport is as good as it can be. 
Well, you all move a lot of people and you do it with uh, limited or little interruption from what I've been able to see. If if we could figure out the Mother Nature thing, I think we would be uh, have no incidents out there. But I've definitely seen in the last probably five, six years – the amount of cars on Pinion Boulevard has really increased and the traffic patterns and the, the people coming through the airport has increased. And I think we've seen some uh, recent numbers that says we're the third busiest airport based on passenger travel. And so we've got to be doing something right. Third busiest airport in the world. Can you believe that out of you know Denver? It's not going to stay that way. And I'll say that just because that's been since COVID because we're largely a domestic airport, even though we have international in our name, you know, only roughly 5% of our traffic is international. Mm. So because of COVID and the impacts to international travel, we really were able to shine and recover quicker than other airports during that time period. As more international travel starts to come back to you know, LAX and Chicago and Atlanta and all of these others, our numbers will, you know, level set and we'll go back. But it has been a tremendous, tremendous time and busy, busy time. And as you mentioned, Pena Boulevard in particular, look at all the growth and development on that side of town. That has certainly not helped Pena Boulevard for no. people coming to the airport because you have all of that residential and business traffic as well on Pena that we didn't have in the past when everybody said it was in Kansas. Well, we uh, I just spent some time on Pena Boulevard last night on my way back, uh, coming from a little mini vacation, and uh, it was busy, that is for sure. So, you know, Denver International Airport has been undergoing major renovations over the last three, four years, um, and we know and can see that from concourses to uh, what's happening in the main hall to its operations center and support. Tell us about what's going on and kind of where we're at and where we're going. Yeah, gosh. So the construction's been tremendous. Let's talk about the concourses first. So that work has been mostly completed. There's minor, you know, touch-up items going on. But to be able to add 39 new gates to Denver International Airport, that's like building a whole new airport. You know, mm -hmm. it's not so different from Reagan Airport. Those gates are all open and operational now, which is great. There's a lot new international gates as well. So that is going to be tremendous for helping to court more international carriers in the future. But the, these spaces, if you land in these spaces, we always hear from people that are saying, it doesn't even feel like the airport because these spaces are so light and bright and open and airy and the furniture is new and different types of furniture. So it's really kind of the model of what I think people will see going forward in the older gate areas. So mm -hmm. as we continue to pick away at those and remodel those, you'll start to see them look more like the new spaces in the future and the new restrooms in the future, which I always talk restrooms because it's important to people mm -hmm. when you're out there and something we hear most from people about. But um, even if you haven't been out there to go check out these outdoor patio spaces where we have fire pits, you can sit outside and watch planes take off, drink a glass of wine, buy a fire pit in an airport, which is super cool. Who, who would have ever thought that? There's nursing mom rooms. There's pet relief areas because of all the people who travel with their, their therapy animals. <laughs> and um, it's just a really great space. So that was a huge project. That's gone gone well. Um, we're continuing now the refresh of some of the other areas. But the Great Hall project is the big one that mm -hmm. everyone is most impacted by right now and probably a little frustrated with still. But that project is back on track. You know, we had some bumps in the road with our former contractor, but it's back on track, back where it should be. There's three phases. We're in phase two right now. And that's the 
biggest, most impactful section right now going on because we are really working on trying to relocate security. So that's a big one. The walls are up everywhere. It's hard to get around. It's impactful. We know it's um, not easy. Signage is hard too, but you'll start to see some more progress. So next year, 2024 Q1 is when that first new security checkpoint will open. So we are relocating the checkpoints that are down on the current level on the north and south end, moving them up one level to the east side and west side. So You've been through an airport where you go if you check into a counter and then immediately go to TSA screening. It's going to be like that, all on that same level and much easier and much safer, more importantly. I mean, if you look down on those security checkpoints right now in a big fishbowl, anyone can see that's not ideal. So Mm -hmm. to be able to address that, fix that problem, make it safer, and then be able to add more lanes to be able to accommodate this you know, increasing numbers of people, it's going to be a good thing for the airport. Yeah, I think I read something here not too long ago was talking about DIA's original predictions on passenger travel and build out. And, you know, we've hit that like decades sooner than we thought. I think the, the, the numbers were 2050 was when we were going to hit the traffic patterns we're seeing at Denver International today. Uh, and, you know, we're 25 years away from that yeah. or more. Uh, so it's it's impressive. It is. The terminal was built for 50 million people, and we had 70 last year, just to kind of or close to giving you an idea of where that is. And the other weird part about the airport is when it was envisioned originally, they thought it was going to be between 70 and 80 percent connecting traffic. And the reality is it's only about 40 percent connecting traffic Mm. and 60 percent coming from this region. So that puts a whole new strain on the facility, on Pena, on parking, on all of on the terminal, because Previously, people thought those people would just remain on the concourses, and that's not what occurred. Well, it's been some master planning, and, you know, from the construction side of things, we've been very involved and appreciative for the work. I know many of my members have been uh, working out there. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, how familiar you are with the construction process. It's probably not something that falls into your purview necessarily, but definitely probably impacts your day-to-day life a lot. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I'm not I'm not in the middle of it all the time, but um, once, you know, this gets into your blood, I think you can't help yourself but to stay in it. And I love the construction that's going on. Um, we have right now 80 to 90 trades working mm. on the Great Hall project. That's so many, whether it's, you know, people doing concrete work, ceiling work, mechanical, plumbing, electrical. They're, I mean, we can go on and on based on the work that is going on out there and how many people are out there. It's huge. It's complicated. I think the you know, the difference between CDOT and working at the airport, you know, at CDOT, you can close down a highway lane and you're pretty much working in a highway lane. And yeah, people get impacted, you know, by traffic. But working in a 24-7 operational airport, trying to do the construction and still move people around and not stop the train and not do the things that um, are going to create huge problems for people has been incredibly difficult. I think that's the hardest part. And then also being able to accommodate the airlines and not impact their businesses. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I feel bad for that construction team trying to answer to all of those stakeholders and still be able to build quickly. And that's the challenge. You know, if you could just shut it down, you could get the project done a heck of a lot quicker. But the reality is we can't. 
well, I think the team out there has done a great job, and I only know some of the players, and I'm sure if I start mentioning names, I'm going to leave somebody out that's going to yeah. get offended, so I'll – I'll save myself that embarrassment, but uh, they do have a good team and uh, been very receptive when we've needed to give some input on scheduling or um, other things that have come along. And uh, so uh, hats off to that, that entire group. So, you know, how important are our professionals, our plumbers and pipe fitters and HVAC mechanics to the passengers that travel through DIA and, you know, its impact on the customer service. You mentioned a little bit about, you know, signage and directional and the walls that are up and things like that. But, you know, how beneficial is what we're doing out there to the current passenger load and future passenger load? And, you know, kind of how do you see it from your side of the fence? Yeah, gosh, it's well, it's absolutely critical. Uh, You know, we see it all the time outside of those that we contract with and all these, you know, different businesses that do business at the airport and help us keep it running, even those that we have, you know, on staff at the airport and trying to um, make sure that we have adequate staffing for all these things. I mean, at the size of an airport, when you have, you know, that many people, 70 million people coming through, you can imagine what that does on wear and tear on everything that you do. Look at, we get criticized a lot for our moving walkways, Right. That's an example of something that is hard. They're running 24 seven. It's not a mall that closes down at night where somebody can go in and do some repairs and fix them overnight. They are constant. Mm -hmm. And so it takes its toll and it's hard to keep all of those things going at all the times. Bathrooms too. the the usage in our restrooms. I you know, this sounds silly, but one time I was down taking pictures of the mounds of toilet paper that we go through at the airport, which sounds so silly, but it just goes to the use usage and and it's hard in the facility and so mm-hmm. trying to keep the chillers going and keep temperatures at the right temperatures and so the mechanical and HVAC is huge all of the lighting that we go through the wear and tear on our furniture on our floors on our it's tremendous and i think trying to keep that facility going without this industry and the trades would be impossible yeah ideally you'd close down an entire concourse and refresh it but you just can't do yeah, that yeah you absolutely can't so okay. Now for the fun part of the questions. Okay. We all read the stories in the papers about aliens and some kind of secret underground tunnel and passageway. Why don't you reveal to our listeners about all those secrets? Well, I mean, you know, there's there's things that we can't talk about. Oh. But isn't that part of the charm of our airport is wondering what's mm-hmm. really going on behind the scenes? Yeah, who are the gremlins that that uh, got into your baggage system early on, and are they still living there? <laughs> what else are they working on? Well, if you've been down in the tunnels, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they are still living down there because there are a lot of places to hide down there. But um, no, that's part of the fun. It boggles my mind. In fact, I just was talking to someone this week about the new conspiracies that are coming out related to the construction going on today, which I hadn't heard a lot of the new ones. So the stories are, they go far. And if anything, if people want to believe what they want to believe, that's that's great. I just want people to know there is no evil twist going on down there. There is some fun in the conspiracies. You can understand why somebody would wonder about these things, but, yeah. um, but they're fun. Well, I think uh, when uh, Denver International was uh, celebrating one of its anniversaries it may have been the 20th anniversary there was a pretty big spread in the paper about the fact that there was still all this conspiracy and all this stuff in the background that we didn't know about so what's your favorite story 
that you've run into oh. during your time out there? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the favorite one probably just has to do with the, the fact that people honestly think there's some real underground bunker where the president and all the world's elite are coming. I can't imagine people really think they're going to choose under this airport in Colorado, but that's probably the best one. The ones about the art are, you know, strange and wonderful, but so much is just not true. There's yeah. no tunnels to NORAD. There's no underground runways. There's no swastika runways, all that weird stuff to me. I'm just like, no. So Elon Musk is not building a super transport tunnel from DIA to California. Uh, so far, not. Okay, good Good to know. <laughs> good to know. Talk to us a little bit about kind of where you see Denver International headed. And if we we're going to record this podcast in five or ten years, like what do you think we'd be talking about? I think Denver International Airport is going to be probably at some point one of the busiest airports in the world. You know, right now you look at Atlanta that is, you know, so positioned in the busiest airport. But what Denver has, the others don't have is room to grow. And so, you know, it was built where you can grow from six to 12 runways. And we're expecting to serve 100 million passengers in the next eight to 10 years. And we can grow incrementally, you know, pretty in inexpensive compared to other airports that are dealing more with noise issues and having to buy residents and having to buy property and deal with all of these environmental mm -hmm. issues. So there's a reason that Denver International Airport is the largest economic engine in Colorado. And it's so imperative that that gets protected for the future. I mean, the the way that we get competitive airfare to go anywhere because of having United Frontier and Southwest hubbing here, um, we don't realize how spoiled we are because flying out of some other states, it's a heck of a lot more expensive and your your options are so much more limited. So I think you'll see more connections to international cities. Um, I think they're starting to grow in interest mm -hmm. in Denver and, you know, more they're paying attention more than they used to some of these, the carriers, foreign carriers. But I, I think that what you're going to see is it just continue to thrive. I and mean, right now, about 35,000 people work out there. It's like a small city. And mm -hmm. I think you're going to start to see that double as the city grows and as the airport be able, is more successful. Well, I've seen recently a delegation headed over to one of the continents we don't serve, which is Africa. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I didn't realize that until I read it. Um, but I can see where, you know, a connection to Egypt and S South Africa maybe one day mm -hmm. will be big components of the overall puzzle. Yeah. Uh, so hats look, off to the staff for really strategically thinking about that. Yeah, look at the Ethiopian population we have in Aurora. You know, it, it, it makes sense. But these routes take a long time to develop. I mean, that group was going back and forth for more than a decade to Tokyo trying to get mm -hmm. support for that route. So it takes these delegations to show that there's interest, to show that there's a business commitment, that there's a tourism link, whatever that may be, to start to get on the map. There's so many cities that we go to in different parts of the world and they're like where's denver mm -hmm. oh is it by aspen mm -hmm. that type of thing and so we all live here we're like denver's a cool city we know it but you go somewhere else and you realize how many people don't know where denver is yeah. so it takes some time for that awareness before you can get those kinds of flights so now we get to ask the most interesting question that we tend to ask folks and that is stacy stegman as a little girl <laughs> what did you think you were going to do when you grew up and don't tell me it was the vice president of communications, marketing, and customer experience. 
No, it, it yeah, definitely okay. wasn't that. As a little girl, I you know never was a ballerina because I was always too clumsy. But I definitely saw myself probably more in a journalism role mm-hmm. and ending up in the media. So I'm not too far off from that. I was obsessed with watching news and anchors as a child, which you know I think that's a little weird, but. Here I am. If I had my perfect dream job, though, it would be to host a hidden camera show. Nice. Yeah. That is fascinating. And what's yours? Well, uh, you know, I honestly thought I'd be a police officer. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I kind of do that, but I don't write tickets and get to give people citations, but I just kind of keep people out of trouble. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, Stacy, I really appreciate you coming in today. That concludes our show, and we want to thank you for being a guest today. Thank you for having me. Well, listeners, that is going to conclude our show. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our skylines, building our communities, and building our futures. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.